Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! How can this be for the greater good? Shut it! What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 149 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. 
This is Gord. How's it going, man? It's not going good. Probably dying. I'm Why probably is that? Dying, Steve. Why? I think I have stomach. I have stomach hepatitis. Stomach I ate a moldy hepatitis. Is that yeah. a thing? No, that would be impossible. But because <laughs> hepatitis means swelling of the liver. But I'm. It's. I'm gonna die. I ate a moldy bread sandwich, Steve. Oh, I no. made a sandwich. Made a sandwich. Ate said sandwich. My wife walks into the room like as I'm finishing my last bite of said sandwich, which was marginal. It wasn't a very good sandwich. And she grabs the bread and she goes, oh, yuck, ew, this bread's all moldy, and throws it away. The bread that I used to make my sandwich. Because yeah. it was moldy on the bottom. I looked at the top of the bread. That should be enough. Right, One should well, only need to look at the top of the bread. It is completely possible for mold to only grow in one part of a loaf and you can get rid of that part of the loaf and still have usable bread probably now, but my, i probably got like the deadly part my wife has similar views on these things like she'll throw pour the milk out three days before it's due because it's getting <laughs> it's getting too close and we usually drink non-fat milk so it's probably good for four or five days after the the use by date yeah that's not even the use by date that's the sell by date right yeah so so it's probably fine but yeah she's not taking any chances but no see i'm like your wife <laughs> in a lot of ways but uh specifically in that if there's if there's an outside chance of something's bad food wise nope not going there not eating it not, really uh-uh. what if you had yeah, say no. like an onion or a bell pepper and there was a little spot of something on it but you're going to chop it up and put it in a stir fry or a pasta sauce or something like that do you throw the oh, whole yeah, thing I'll cut away that. no I'll you... cut that out okay but if if there is a an overall moldiness to say the bottom of a loaf of bread I'm going to throw that away. If there's something going on with meat, that's when it's like the super double plus no no. Yeah, like but if, that's if you different go, than a I wonder if this meat's good. No, the answer is it's garbage. Even if you eat a bite of bread mold, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You'll trip your brains out. <laughs> I don't. What does ergot look like? I've never actually <laughs> I've never known. Seen it. But but I mean that's like the, the bread mold's not going to kill you. Whereas you know something bad on me. You don't meat, know that. What, what? You took microbiology in college, Steve? Well, you're you're suddenly a yet. bread biologist? It hasn't killed me yet. I've had the same philosophy now for 48 years. So Eventually, you're going to die, and then who will be laughing? <laughs> Probably you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife's a scientist, too. I demanded she take the bread out and, like, plate it. I said, I want to know. Get a Petri dish. Find out what it... No. She doesn't care. <laughs> So I'll probably be dead. So let's hurry up and do a show. And well, if there's like a then. silence, if there's a smell. Well, first off, oh, why don't we talk a little bit about our musical guest for this episode? All right, let's do it. So this evening we are listening to Gentle Ghost from Oklahoma City. This band, uh, Seth and Brady, who are uh, two of the key members, also are key members in a. Uh, company that makes guitar pedals which is actually how i discovered these guys uh is called uh, old blood noise endeavors and i i own their haunt fuzz pedal which is just an amazing device and as i was so these guys are musical peddlers exactly and then on top of that they do this podcast on youtube called coffee and riffs where they and a bunch of their friends will get together and do like a five minute loop of music 
And it's just like this awesome little shot of unbridled creativity. So I really respect that type of thing. Like people who just create and create and create in a lot of different realms. And these guys absolutely do that. So it was really cool that they agreed to be on the show. We're going to have an interview with them a little bit later. But uh, the song that you heard opening up the show is called Spear Herder from their 2015 release, Second Arrow. And we're going to have a lot more where that came from. Cool. I like it. Is there something else maybe we should be announcing too, Steve? Additionally, the Kickstarter campaign for the 2017 Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival is now live. It's live. It's live and cuddly. It's kicking. And we're already at 18% of our goal within 48 hours. Just amazing response right out the gate. You can go there and you can buy your tickets. You can go there and you can buy the enormous package. The best deal in Seattle Film Festivals, my friends. For 60 bucks, you get a t-shirt, a poster. You get a ticket to the event and a whole bunch of other swag stuffed right into a unique bag of some sort. It is awesome and you don't want to miss this opportunity. Damn straight. Steve, is this the lowest price people can pay to get a ticket this to this thing? This is the lowest price you can We're pay. We're not going to, like, right before the festival go, ah, oh, just kidding, and drop the price of the tickets? No, no, no. The ticket price actually goes up. Uh, as we get closer, advanced ticket sales, once the Kickstarter is complete, will happen February 1st. We'll have uh, some advanced ticket sale pricing there, and then the price will go up about a week before the show itself. So this is right now when you want to get your tickets for this event. And what better way? You lock them in. We mail them to you for free. You don't have to worry or stress about it. Plus, what a great Christmas gift to give somebody. Hey, here you're going to get tickets to the Boneback Comedy Forest Film Festival. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great Christmas for that matter. Hanukkah. Yeah, you can. I don't care. Doesn't even matter. Krampus. Krampus Day. Somebody's the poor bastard who has a December birthday. That's always, it's a terrible thing. I mean, you, it is. people like give you the, oh, here's your Christmas gift. It's also your birthday gift. That's bullshit. Oh. Give them Bone Bat Film Festival tickets. That's the gift that keeps on giving, my friends. Steve, would this be a winter solstice present? It could be. You can absolutely give these as a gift on December 21st. The winter solstice. There you go. Huh. Longest night of the year. What a great time to be getting a present of Ab- this magnitude. Absolutely. So, uh, in addition to that, we have some other news going on. Uh, Recently, J.K. from Horror Happens Radio interviewed us about our film festival, and we're included in this group interview that has taken place in two parts online. So, the second part just posted on Diabolique Magazine's website, which is totally awesome. And uh, you ought to check it out. If you're interested at all in knowing how the Bone Bat Film Festival is made, that's where you go. Yeah, there's some other cool uh, film festival brains that are in this interview. You can, you can learn how they think and they execute their film festivals as well. Yeah, it's uh, what? Shriekfest, Deadfest, uh, Sacramento Horror Film Festival. Now, have you been to that festival? I didn't even know that was a thing, I swear. You got to go check that out. Yeah. I knew that there was the uh, the Sacramento Trash Film Orgy, and I that, that kind of thing began and ended with them. They're the guys that did the zombie walk. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to check this other one out. Absolutely. And also Horrible Imaginings Film Festival. So it, it really is an honor to be included amongst all these other West Coast film festivals. And uh, again, it's a pretty good read. So uh, if we do say our so ourselves, please check it out. Yeah. 
One last uh, festival-related thing I wanted to point out was uh, please take a look at our Kickstarter video this year. This year we did something a little different. Previous years we've pulled together kind of silliness that Gordon and I are known for. But this year we actually interviewed over the last six months members of the Bombat Film Festival audience to get their views on what makes this event special. And I really like all the things that people had to say about the fest, uh, the surprising things that they felt were special moments. Uh, I just thought it turned out really cool. I'm very proud of it, and I'm really very humbled by the enthusiasm that our audience shows for this fest. It's really cool. So I hope you enjoy that. Please check out the video. They love us more than we're really worthy of love. Absolutely. That is totally true. I guess they love the festival. <laughs> right. So, dude. Dude. You want to do a little uh, what pisses us off? So much pisses me off, Steve. What pisses you so off, much. Lord? You know, first and foremost, I know this has been a big deal for a lot of people in this nation of ours, and that's that there are lines to see Doctor Strange. This is a national crisis, at least it's a local crisis where we only have one theater playing this film. I didn't go opening weekend. I tried to go last weekend. Freaking gigantic lines to go see this thing. I still can't see Doctor Strange. Dude, in this day and me. age, they have like Fandango and shit where you can buy your movie tickets in advance. Does it ever occur to you to do that? Yeah, it occurred to me as I was looking at this great big line and going, yep, missed my window of opportunity. <laughs> Should have bought those tickets in advance. Well, and then you, and then, But you didn't learn because then you tried to go back again. And it was well, no, I'm again. not doing an opening weekend. I mean, that's just crazy. Cray-cray banane, <laughs> as the kids say. Do they I'm say that? Do they they really do. Say? I heard a kid say that once. <laughs> okay. And I thought, you know, the, the following weekend would be good. And it's it's busy. I mean, I got, I got stuff going on Saturday, stuff going on Sunday. I got kids doing different things. We had one shot, and it j- I blew it. One shot, too crowded, can't do it. Massive line. Well, the good news is there's another weekend just around the corner. So, Are we going to have another weekend? Yes, we are. Oh, thank so maybe God. maybe you can go this weekend. Now, I have already seen Doctor Strange. We can talk about that in a triage, but uh, I think I'm going with the kids to see the new Harry Potter thing this weekend. Well, that looks cool. There's so much cool stuff at the theaters right now. But that's not what pisses me off. You know, the other thing, and I know I know this, we're just getting beaten to death with political news, so I'm going to go real light on it. Okay. But something that not a lot of other people have touched on and it really pisses me off and that's the whole Trump KKK white power thing and it all goes back to for me it all goes back to when he first got that endorsement from the KKK and instead of saying I reject this endorsement when he was asked he said oh you know it's going to take me a couple days to research their positions (laughs) <laughs> if you've got to research their position, I'm sorry. No, there's, there is a time, there's an amount of time you're allowed to pause and reflect on whether or not you reject the KKK. And that is the amount of time to draw in a great big breath to go, fuck, no, I reject the KKK. If you spend two days, I posted this on Facebook. It's an original thought, though. If you spend two days blowing hobos and then after two days of that you go you know what i'm really not into blowing hobos no you've been blowing hobos for two days you're just afraid of what people are going to think about you but you've been enjoying it it's the same thing if you take two days to 
to make up your mind about whether or not you reject the KKK. He's a racist fuckface for doing that, and it pisses me off. So there. <laughs> so what about you, Steve? Anything pissing you off these you days? Know, something a little closer to home, actually. Uh, so, Gentle Ghost, our band this episode. I've got a little what pisses me off about those guys. So oh. I, I realized that uh, I had their new album, which I had purchased off Bandcamp, but they had a debut release called Family. So I go on Bandcamp to try to purchase it from them, and you can only buy the album by buying one song at a time. <laughs> what? So you literally have to click on the song, click on Buy Now, click on add to cart so you can buy them all together you could buy it right there and go through the the paypal transaction thing eight times or you can add that one to your cart go back get the next song buy now add to cart like it took me 25 minutes to buy this fucking album and you think it's like in this day and age this is exactly. something that would be dialed in no i'm enjoying gentle ghost i want to you know glad to have them on the show why does it have to be so hard to give these guys money so anyway i have the new album but come on that totally pisses me off gentle ghost fix that shit and sell family in one button click please click buy thank you god and you know what else pisses me off what's that halo 5 guardians i don't play halo 5 guardians it does it is on the xbox one that's fine that's his thing why is Halo Guardians feeling the need to update itself online? There's nothing I can do about it short of uninstalling Halo 5 Guardians, and it's 91 gigabytes. <laughs> 91.37 gigabytes. Dude, however much, hell? however much you're going to bitch about that on Xbox, PlayStation 4 is infinitely worse. You buy a new game, and you got just a big boner to play it. You pop yeah. it on the machine, and Game it's boner. like, thank you. You will be able to play in roughly a week. <laughs> 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 and you're like, what the shit? That is such a buzzkill. So, like, you, you just got to wait. You got to wait until it updates. So there's probably an update for the game, and there's a patch, and blah, 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 blah. And it takes way longer than it does on Xbox. Like, I had... When I just I just picked up uh, Dishonored 2. We'll talk about that in triage as well. But uh, it took, I want to say, an hour to install that on Xbox One. Yeah. Which is way too long anyway. Yeah, right? Because remember the old days? You just put in a game and then you'd play? Yeah. That I, was like the whole thing. <laughs> that was yeah. why you bought console games, right? Yeah. Like if I wanted to do around... Yeah, if I wanted to dick around and have to patch things and worry about compatibility with joysticks, I'd buy it for PC. Update your BIOS, update your drivers. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wait, use this other driver. But yeah, Steam is flawless now, and it's the consoles that are all fucked up. I don't even know. Yeah, and you know what? I don't even think anyone's turned on the game Halo 5 Guardians on this Xbox in months. <laughs> this isn't a new game. It's just, oh, hey, 90... About 92 gigabytes I'm going to need to be tying up your piss-poor internet with. Don't mind me. And it's not like you got the sweet internets anyway. Jesus Christ, no. (laughs) This is a real commitment of internets here. It really is, yeah. Yeah. God damn. Well, you know, speaking of internet, it's funny because whenever we we record the Bone Bat Show, 
I go around the whole house. Hey, no streaming video. We're going to record Bone Bat Show. Don't, don't be watching YouTube. Don't be watching Netflix. Just turn everything off for one hour while Dad... Well, Dad does the internet. Does his yeah. podcast. And then I come out, everybody's doing whatever they were doing anyway. No respect, man. No <laughs> Fuck respect. Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> Must be nice to have big, fat pipe of internet. We have uh, television through the internet now because we're stupid. And uh, my lovely wife wanted to watch the football game on Monday. And so she put, put that on. So that comes in through the internet. And I... Crazy me! I tried to do some film festival stuff. Completely horks the football game. She cannot watch football if I'm doing film festival things. I'm not even watching movies. I'm like updating the spreadsheet and <laughs> going on the website to click to find. It, it just it's such crap. Yeah, that's such crap. <laughs> well, we're just getting depressed and angry. So why don't we listen to a tune? Hey, let's do that. Let's check out another one from uh, 2015's Second Arrow. This is Bring Me the End. Thank you. 
All right. Once again, that was Bring Me the End, taken from 2015's Second Arrow by Gentle Ghost. And joining us now on the show are Brady Smith, Seth McCarroll, uh, both of Gentle Ghost and Old Blood Noise Endeavors, as well as Blake Studdard from Atria Creative. How you doing, gentlemen? Excellent. Great. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, I kind of discovered you guys. I was in the market for a fuzz pedal and started reading reviews about this this pedal called The Haunt. And I thought it sounded badass, so I ordered one. And then I started doing a little more research, and then I found out that you guys also did a podcast, a video podcast called Coffee and Riffs. I was like, well, that's badass, too. And they're, they're also in a band? And I checked that out, and I'm like, wow, and I dig the music. So I have a lot of respect for people whose creativity leads them in a lot of different directions, and uh, that's why I wanted to have you guys on the show. Well, thanks. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. So why don't we start at the end of that. Uh, Seth, why don't you tell us, how did Gentle Ghost come together? Mm, um, I had, like, w- one song idea, and then uh, I showed it to Brady. Uh, or like, a, like a riff, you know, like, here's a part, here's mm-hmm. an idea. Um, and he's like, okay, let's make a band. <laughs> so <laughs> that was kind of it. Like, after playing in other bands for years and playing in other people's bands, we... We did our own band, so that's cool. kind of it. So that was that like a, around 2009, prior to Family, or about when did you guys form? Yeah, that sounds right. What do you think, Brady? Uh, might have been 2008. Yeah, maybe. I think it was. I think it was December of 2008, like right at the end. It was like when we played our first show, maybe. Or yeah. Was it in January. Yeah. It was in January, February, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I feel like it would make sense. December would make sense because, like, we had a good, like, break. Like, we just finished school, I think. So, no, that would have been two years prior. No, one year. I got... One year? Yeah, I got married in 2007, right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, in December. And then we started messing around in, like, uh, March or April. That's right. Of that next year. (laughs) 2008. Okay. Until the beginning of the year after that. Yeah. That did take a long time. Yeah. And then there was a couple years between family and first arrow, correct? That was like 2013? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sat kind of in hiatus for a while, just as we all got busy with um, other other things. Well, it sounds like you guys all have a million projects that you're working on at any given time. Yes. <laughs> and like the biggest project for everybody I think is family at this point. So Sure. Like we're all very family oriented at this stage in our lives. Yeah, Gordon and I are both fathers as well, so we spend That's most awesome. of our time doing that. As actually <laughs> as well as all the other fun stuff that we wrangle our family into helping us with too. <laughs> <laughs> So then, uh, in 2015, Second Arrow came out, uh, and that and that's your second full length, correct? Yeah, there's a seven inch in there in between those two. Right, that's First Arrow. Yeah, correct. What was kind of the the process between Family and First and Second Arrow? Because definitely there seems to be a, more of a a lush sound that you guys were going for every song. I was just thinking if you if you did another pedal, it should be called Crescendo because every song <laughs> seems to end just enormously. Yeah. yeah, there may be a formula to those songs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're all in B minor and. <laughs> 
when I first true. when I first started listening to him, actually, because it was like end of summer, and I was out raking up some, doing some yard work or something, and I, I thought at the time, you know, this is like perfect music to listen to in November. I can almost feel the the frost crunching under my boots while I'm working. This is cool stuff. Dang. Second, second era, we did um, primarily in the late winter. I think recorded it. Probably wrote a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, and kind of like tried to hammer it out and then wound up sitting on it for a year or two. But I think it was mostly written and recorded in the scope of, you know, six weeks in January to February. And so yeah. everybody was just like coming off of that winter feeling of. Punishment. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has that yeah. winter, wintry vibe. Absolutely. And also, a fun little fact is we um, we recorded that in what is now the Old Blood Atria office. Really? Um, back then, it was a, a recording studio called Hook Echo Sound and is in Norman, Oklahoma. And when their lease was up early 2015, I guess. The guy who ran that studio was moving out of town, so he was giving up the space. We snagged it, and now we've got, like, we build pedals here, Mm -hmm. uh, make videos. Blake and Mark run their entire business here, and then at different points we'll be recording and stuff here, too, because it's it's like a soundproofed office unit that's very conducive to creativity, I guess, once you're in it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. So let's yeah. let's kind of segue actually into coffee and riffs. What what I really dig about this is that every time I watch one of these, it makes me want to go play my guitar. It just it, it, it makes me feel inspired. That, that's really cool. That that something that you guys create have that effect. How did that get started? Um, we were driving back from Los Angeles to Oklahoma from this thing called Nam. It's like a trade show. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Brady and I were just talking about ideas, I think. Isn't that when we started talking about it, Brady? It was like on the drive? Yeah, that was when we were... Uh, I worked for Walrus Audio and Seth worked for them in some capacity too. Yeah. And um, yeah, we were driving back from California. Just trying to think how we can do something different back then. I mean, that was 2000 the beginning of 2014 i guess mm-hmm. yeah so not that long ago either but how we could play with pedals and like make some a demo video in some way that was <coughs> a little bit different than yeah the video something that the plane didn't really have to hold up to somebody who's really intimidating as a player but Maybe it's just a focus of an idea and a grouping of pedals to mm-hmm. see how they sound together and how you can kind of use those pedals in a musical way. And I, I think that played into a lot of everything about Old Blood. You know, we started doing coffee and riffs uh, months before we started Old Blood Noise and... I think that's sort of the same idea. Like, how can we create something that's musical and useful and inspiring rather than something that is the best at something or something that is 
super technical. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's cool how, you know, you might have somebody who's like, you've had a drummer on, you've had bassists on, you've had people working keyboards that there isn't really a limit that you put on it. You know, anybody can bring any ideas that they have to the table and make something yeah. new. And that's, what's really cool about it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think we think that a, a riff only exists on a guitar. So we use that term very loosely. Like a riff is maybe more of an idea or a concept. Regrettably named coffee and riffs, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we did set, we set like kind of some, uh, like a template that we were going to work with. And it was like, let's get together every Saturday morning for a couple hours and we'll drink coffee and play guitar. And we've got a camera and a microphone. And so that's kind of how the first, I remember the first Saturday that we did it, we shot like three and we were done in about an hour. And then we went and ate pizza and uh, <laughs> drank beer. And then we did that for uh, it was something like 10 or 11 Saturdays in a row. And that's kind of how we built up that initial, you know, just so many episodes because we'd shoot three to four every single Saturday oh, okay. for several months. So that first year, that first season, mm -hmm. was, our lives were a lot different back then too. And so it's just like, instead of sleeping in or, you know, being hung over on a Saturday, let's get up and be hung over and shoot some videos. So, <laughs> yeah. You can be hung over either way. Why not do something with it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Not feel bad it was, about it. It was before we had kids mm -hmm. and also at the time, I, I think that we were both kind of in this, uh, guitar pedal guitar world and we weren't spending very much time actually playing guitar or playing pedals yeah and that was another thing like <clears throat> when we're at work we're working ideally yeah you'd get to play guitar 20 minutes out of every hour but um you don't get to really <laughs> yeah no. whole weeks go by and you don't i don't touch our pedals you know yeah yeah and um, in a in a musical capacity, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't <laughs> I don't plug into them and enjoy. Yeah, they what they put out. It's testing, maybe, but. Mm -hmm. So I I think the I, one of the big things was that, yeah, we were stretching ourselves to actually like, <clears throat> take a minute and play. And uh, enjoy that. <laughs> So do you yeah, just yeah. do you just bring a bag of miscellaneous pedals and let the featured player for that show pick, or is it more of like almost a test? Like, okay, here's what you have to play with. You work with these today. Um, it can be either of those things. We leave it up to the to the artist, like the experience that they want to have. So, uh, like Brian Hamilton from Symbol Z Guitars and Small Sound Big Sound, he he did one and. He's like, I would like you to pick a menu of pedals for me. Um, and so I picked out eight pedals, and he chose six of those eight and just went from there. But uh, some people bring like their own board, and they're ready to go. Some people don't like to use pedals, and that's funny. <laughs> but, but that's okay, too. Yeah, sure. So. All right, uh, Blake, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm leaving you out of the conversation. Uh, what are the, the challenges of filming Coffee and Riffs? Um, I think the challenge is probably trying to actually rein it in because when we're there i feel like we have a lot of interesting ideas like we could do this we could do this we could kind of get fancy with this and try to up the value or something so i think 
one of the challenges is just, um, I don't know, like focusing in and not letting our creative ideas run the show, you know, just kind of getting out of the way. Cool. So I guess that leads us right into Old Blood Noise Endeavors. So how did you start the company? <laughs> um, let's see. This is Brady talking. See, I was working at a place called Walrus Audio, another guitar pedal company. I have one of their pedals. Did you by any chance work on the Deep Six? I did. I, I have... did. That was one that was released when I was there. Yeah, yeah. I've got the uh, Anglerfish Deep Six. Oh, nice. It's a good one. Black with the blue ink. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, I love it. That's a good one. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I was working there. I worked there for... Um, I think about three years up until 2014 and decided that it would be good if I didn't work there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. (laughs) For my quality of life or my ability to uh, sleep well at night, I didn't want to be there. Yeah, creative freedom, just sort of feeling... uh, chained up by the guy who owned it owns it still anyway so i i quit that and then i think the months previous that you know i'd kind of been talking with both blake and seth about what could possibly be done like what we could do what you know feeling energy and the juice for um for something of our own and not really even knowing what it was. Maybe it was guitar pedals. Maybe it's like videos. Maybe it's just music related. Mm -hmm. So April, 2014 quit walrus. Um, August, 2014 Seth and I launched old blood with the release of the black fountain oil candlelight. And in conjunction with Atria creatives being our like, our video arm, essentially. And I'll let Blake kind of talk more about that. But Okay. But yeah, I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I guess I'll jump in, tag. Yep, that all sounds true. <laughs> um, I basically left my the job I was at feeling the same way. Not Probably not the distillation that Brady was feeling. But, well, what's your so, job? Yeah, we... Uh, I was a creative director at Mammoth Electronics, um, and I was doing also I was doing contract work for Walrus Audio, uh, and so, and Mammoth Electronics is a company that supplies all you know they supply all the components to make pedals to the pedal industry. So I was already in the industry. Oh, okay. And Brady was already my best friend, so <laughs> uh, I knew that there was more to that I I could probably do elsewhere. And so it was the perfect timing, I think. Yep. And so, yeah, Brady and I took it live August 1 and out of his garage. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, Blake was working out of his house, and I was so like the Black Fountain video, that first video we did. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake, Mark, and I shot that together. Is that, um, is that the one of- in the swimming pool? Uh, this is the one that's like the very first video for the, and it's like the Black Fountain and it starts in Brady's house and then there's a bike ride and then it goes to a barn and it's out in the woods. I'll have to to look uh, for that one. I don't think I've seen it yet. Yeah. I guess it's the second video. The first video was the, 
we were trying to like raise money, so we were selling um, these pedals called Gatekeepers. Uh, oh right! A long, yeah, a long time ago, Brady did Little Axe Effect, and um, I originally like screen printed the units for him and stuff. And so, so. the the Gatekeeper is actually the predecessor of the Haunt, correct? Yeah, it's based on that. Uh, I mean, Brady, am I correct in saying that it's based on that schematic? Oh yeah, yeah. Correct. <laughs> but but so yeah, I was I was going over to Brady. To, I'm sorry, to Blake's house to edit all of the footage, and he was letting me work out of his house. And we were working out of Brady's garage as well. We were just always helping each other, I guess. We still are, but it was like <laughs> we literally have nothing. Let's all pull together and make this happen. <laughs> so, so. Blake had something. Yeah, Blake. Blake. Blake had the camera and <laughs> also the generous heart and supportive and creative knowledge. So Nice. Well, I, I really enjoy, you know, the, what I've seen of your company and also playing with this pedal. And, uh, I kind of like how you put your own twist on each pedal. Like it seems like each one is almost like a Swiss army knife. It does two or three things instead of just one, and I enjoy that about it. I mean, I still, I don't think I've explored all of the possibilities with the haunt, and I'm going to enjoy spending the next six months discovering that. Dang, that's awesome. All right, well, uh, what is next for your various endeavors? Do you have any more recordings for Gentle Ghost? Uh, I know Mondegreen just came out recently. Uh, Do you have any new pedals coming? What's going on with you guys? Well... We don't have any new pedals coming. Um, we will definitely make some at some point. I'm certain you will. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> as far as music goes, we spend... So we collaborate on this thing called Obniac, which is Old Blood Noise Endeavors, Atria Creative. Very out there. Um, <laughs> and basically we... We committed to ourselves to a project of putting out one two-song cassette tape a month for 12 months. And Nice. What month are you in now? Uh, we're about to put out our seventh tape. All right. Halfway so, there. Well done, gentlemen. So we started... We wanted to get started in January... I think technically we didn't put anything out until March. Yeah. We're just a little bit behind. It kind of, sometimes stuff will get done a little bit quicker or it'll take a little bit longer. So a little bit of flow to it. Yeah. And we also kind of came up with like the idea in January. (laughs) So let's do this and we're like oh this actually takes a little bit longer to get a tape out <laughs> so it's so. not like tape of the month club necessarily <laughs> yeah that's what we're going for um and we're pretty much there actually so all right going. yeah yeah we've got the uh, system down now i think yeah totally and it's been really fun so how do you find the bands for this project that's a good question it's a variety of of factors we Mostly it's people in Oklahoma. Mostly it's people we know. And, um, you know, some of the releases are guys that work at Old Blood. They're involved somehow. Bottom line is that it's probably music that we like. 
it's probably people that we like and people that we know. Mm-hmm. And just encouraging them to like put out two songs. Hey, you want to record two songs and we'll put it out on a tape and you can have some tapes too. Cause we like your music. We like your ideas. And I think otherwise sometimes that wouldn't happen. Yeah, sure. So we kind of use it as it's like really cost effective. We can do everything in house. We can record here if, if we need to. And Blake is an amazing producer engineer can, and pretty much do it all. So we've been trying to. So we've had releases from uh, a lot of Oklahoma bands, but this band called Weak Knees, um, Plain Speak, this band Labrys, which is Penny Hill, the bassist from Broncho, and Bo Jennings, Power Pyramids, uh, uh, Buddy Jake. Yep. Uh, Pax and Furbis, I think, is the one that's about to come out. Exactly. Awesome. And they're 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 Oklahoma guys, uh, but they live in California now. <laughs> well, that's really cool. <laughs> I mean, as a as a show that champions independent music, I, I love to see this kind of creativity happen. Uh, where can our listeners find the Obniac releases? Uh, Obniac dot com. O b n e a c dot com. Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to. Uh, Tell me a little more about what you do as well as our listeners. And uh, I've got one final question for you that we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Blake, Seth, Brady, what pisses you off? Mm. We're all pretty positive. Yeah. I think, um, like, if I lose my temper, that really pisses me off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't think I really have anything. Yeah. General injustice really makes me angry. Mm-hmm. Bigotry. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of current events. Yeah. Fall under that. But. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, if you don't mind, I actually have a gentle ghost-related what pisses me off. Oh, good. So I go to your band campsite, and I realize, oh, they've got a debut album here, Family. I go to buy it. And you can only purchase this album by buying one song at a time. So I had to take each song and put it in my cart and click back and add the second song. Took me like 20 20 minutes to buy this damn album. So it's like like I'm trying to give you money and you're like, I'll take your money, but only if you stand 10 feet away and throw it through this hole. (laughs) Also, I have no idea who got that money. Yeah, I was about to say, well, <laughs> oh, shit. you may as well. I hope the band got, got it. That's what I always assume. I bet, I bet <laughs> Tyler has that. That's what I do that money. Otherwise, yeah. we would make it mega easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're welcome for you're welcome to my eight bucks. I just want it to be, you know, convenience. That's what I'm looking for here. <laughs> That's good to know. We'll, we'll try to figure out how to look into that. I appreciate that, John. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for joining us on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Uh, and yeah. uh, let's, let's check out this next song. Uh, so you guys uh, want to tell us a little bit about Mountain Mouth? Well, I guess lyrically it is uh, strongly influenced by T.S. Eliot and poem of the same name. Um a long time to record and I believe there are three bass tracks on it 
Very cool. Well, here it is, <laughs> folks. Mountain Mouth by a Gentle Ghost.
Hi, this is Seth McCarroll from Old Blood Noise Endeavors, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was Mountain Mouth, taken from Second Arrow, 2015 release from Gentle Ghost. Buy it at wearegentleghost.bandcamp.com. Now I think it's time for a little uh, Gord's Weird Shit. Gord, what you got going on this week? Man, there's so much weird shit going on. And it's it's election related, but it's not piss you off election related. So okay. so sit back. As you may know, California said, "Hey, let's make weed legal. Recreational marijuana is legal in the state of California." Now I've heard some wags say, "You mean it wasn't already?" <laughs> <laughs> right. If you didn't get the proper paperwork, which you could get in front of your computer without ever leaving your house and then have it delivered to you, but that's another story. No, recreational marijuana legal. However, legal to smoke, legal to grow, not legal to buy. You cannot legally buy marijuana in the state of California. Not yet, or you're not going to be able to? Not yet, but no, it's they're, they're saying 2018. For That's when they'll finally open stores? Yeah, that's because, you know, they're Johnny on the spot when it comes to this kind of thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're listening to us in the far future, this is being recorded in 2016. You know what, though? Honestly, State of Washington did the same thing. As a matter of fact, here in Redmond, the community where I live, there still isn't a weed store. The city council keeps putting it on hold. Okay. But there's one, like, literally outside the city limits in every other city. There's probably a dozen within a 15-minute drive, but not any in this town. So, yeah. Well, just because your local city council is incompetent doesn't mean the entire state of California should be so incompetent. Colorado (laughs) got it together. They're like, what? Tax money? Boom, let's do this thing. Yeah. Yeah, Oregon, California, Washington. Maybe we're just too stoned already. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Although I do find it fascinating that at some point you're going to be able to stop in weed to buy weed. That's true. 
That's true. And the feds could ultimately come in and quash the whole thing because it's still a federal crime. They but. could. And now we have a new president who might find that a worthwhile thing to pursue. I don't know. I don't know what that guy. He could do anything. Nobody literally, fucking knows. Yeah, literally no roadmap. I, yeah. I, I don't know what to expect, which makes me uneasy, I'll say. I Yeah, I'm uneasy as well. Uh, but one thing we can expect from his administration is that Dr. Ben Carson will not be a part of it. <laughs> ben Carson today announced that he would not be joining Trump's cabinet because he, quote, has no experience in elected office. Good, good. Ben Carson was running for fucking president, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that thought process? Oh, man, that's funny. If well, maybe, elected, I will maybe, he thought, maybe he just figured that Obama would tutor him, too. <laughs> maybe so. Oh, can I get a little help here? Now, Ben Carson was at one point in his life, obviously, a very intelligent man. He's a doctor, a neurosurgeon, I think. But he's really gone off the rails. I mean, when he when he talked about how he believes that the pyramids were not built by uh, UFOs, as some would have us believe, but they were used to store grain, it really made me come up short. Like, wait, what? <laughs> That's like saying they built the Great Wall of China to store grain. I don't. That doesn't. Sometimes you just get like everybody a little... knows they built the Great Wall of China to keep out the White Walkers. Well, it would be more effective for that than storing grain, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, the pyramids. Has the man never seen a grain silo? Does he think these things are substantially smaller <laughs> than they actually are? You're, you're thinking of it wrong. Now, most grain silos, you have all the grain up at the top and it comes out of a small thing. This is more like a grain volcano. A grain cano, if you a will. A grain cano. Sure. I thought the pyramid was just mostly rock and had only like a few storagey catacomby type places in the bottom. Are you saying that the pyramid has actually got a a big like magma chamber of of grain at the bottom and, and I think a chimney? So. Well, no, steam probably. It would be natural steam caves that would eject the grain out of the top. You okay, know, you know though, getting it in there, you got to have a strategy. You've got to have kind of like a pyramid scheme. Oh, shut up. Shut- you're better than that, Steve. <laughs> Am I? No. Am I really? Really, you're I might not, not be. because you're going to make a Sphinx joke next, and it's going it, to the punchline's going to be Sphinxster. I know it. <laughs> wow, just wow. Yeah. So, I guess uh, that's that's really enough weird shit. What's going on here? It's some weird shit. All right. Well, why don't we listen to another tune from our friends at uh, Gentle Ghost? All this right. is taken from uh, 2013's First Arrow, uh, which is a uh, double single, I guess. The song is Oblivion Tide. Until there was 
This is Brady Smith from Old Blood Noise Endeavors and Gentle Ghost, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, we're back. Uh, once again, Oblivion Tide from Gentle Ghost. You can get it at wearegentleghost.bandcamp.com. So, Steve, yes. you said that's a double single? <laughs> yes, it's a two-song single. Wouldn't any single? I guess. I mean, back in the old days, you had a small platter, and on one side you'd have one song, and you know, on a single, and then you'd flip it over, and there'd be a B side. Wouldn't this just be a single with a B side? It's a digital release, though. Uh, Honestly, maybe I screwed up the digital release. I screw. I screwed up the nomenclature. My bad. I apologize. Is it an EP? What is it? Well, you you see, I always thought that you had to be like three songs, maybe four songs, to be an EP. Otherwise, it's just a single with maybe a B side. So maybe, yeah, well, it's probably EP stands for like extra extended tag, play, right? right? Extended play, I think. Oh, oh, you're thinking of the extended dance version? <laughs> maybe. I don't think they have a extended dance version of Oblivion Tide. Although I would be glad to ask them. Would you please do that? I will do so. 
So, dude, a little multimedia triage? Multimedia, haven't done much triage. <laughs> I know, right? Good. Let's see, I watched a whole bunch of movies for the Film Fest. I've been playing the same games I told you about last time we did a podcast. Yeah, I, I finished XCOM 2. I won it, and now I'm playing it again on a harder level. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but I did take time to watch Brian Cranston just tear up the scenery in The Infiltrator. Um, that was a cool movie. It was one of those movies you just knew was going to be a cool movie, and it was. Well, what's it about? Well, it's about, it's almost the flip side of Narcos. It's about the U.S. DEA agent that goes after the, the cartel in Florida, bringing, bringing in cocaine from Colombia and then laundering the money and selling it in the United States. Hmm. That's, you know, it's a, it's a gangsta flip. And he, Brian Cranston, of course, is the, the undercover agent that has to ingratiate himself to the cartel and show himself as someone that can handle their money for him when actually he's a cop. Oh, ho, ho. twist. Yeah. And he's great. Cause he's great. Yeah. He is pretty cool. He and is. then there's a, there's a podcast that you ought to listen there to. There are No other podcasts. <laughs> there, you're right. What am I thinking? What the fuck is wrong with you? We don't talk about other pot. Okay. Go ahead. Ah, don't even say the word. <laughs> it's like Voldemort. Ah, no, I said it. <laughs> Every time you listen to another podcast, I feel like you're cheating on me. <laughs> Every time I listen to another podcast, an angel loses its balls. <laughs> you're all like, this is what a podcast can be? They can be wow. inter- entertaining and educational? I'm I, amused. I, nobody told me. I don't feel like throwing things. <laughs> Neat. Okay. No, I, I listened to a podcast called The Truth, and it's a radio drama. It's It's got absolutely no truth to it because it's all fictional radio drama. But they just did this one that's these five super short vignettes, and it's, it's called Coronct, like the word wrong in the middle of correct. Okay. And it's, it's entertaining as all get out. Usually this podcast is a little dark um, that's maybe a little – a little horrific, but this is just straight up silly. Although it, it's kind of dark too. It involves there's there's one skit in particular that involves singing a little song to some preschool students all about ways you can die horribly. <laughs> so check that out. The truth available where better podcasts are given away for free. Coronked. Okay. What about you? I know you got to watch Doctor Strange because you live in a place of more than one theater. Uh, I won't mess it up, but uh, excellent Marvel movie. Really enjoyed it. Had a great time. Uh, Did not see it in 3D. Saw it in in normal vision. Uh, And I'm thinking, though, this one, because there's a lot of... In the trailer, you see there's a lot of world twisting and things like that. And the the world, when he's in the magical realm, goes all kind of M.C. Escher. And that might actually be kind of cool to see in 3D. But uh, either way, really entertaining movie. Funny, uh, lots of great action scenes. Uh, it's smart. The script is pretty intelligent. And, uh, you know, not quite as good maybe as Guardians of the Galaxy, but still a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. But that. it's on that level of, of yeah, fun. Yeah. Huh? yeah, it's better than Ant-Man. And I liked Ant-Man. So, yeah, I'd say go see it, definitely. Well, Ant-Man had the wrong tank in it, obviously. God, who cares? The stuff that ruins movies for you. Okay, and then uh, I picked up Dishonored 2 last week when it came out. Now, did you ever yeah, play that game? Yeah, I bet it's game? just about done. 
being installed. <laughs> it is. Did you play that game? I played that game, but I didn't own it. I mean, I played like a, a sample of it, or I played it at demo, PAX, maybe? or I played it at your yeah, house. Yeah, well, we, we, demo? Did, do, we did a know. demo at PAX. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's where it was. But I actually played the whole game. I played it completely through to the end, and it was really cool. If I felt like, in a similar type of way, if you enjoyed Bioshock, then you would enjoy... Uh, Dishonored. It was that kind yeah. of thing. Just another sort of different world that you're putting yourself into, you're exploring. There's lots of like audio files and things to read as the world kind of comes alive for you. Uh, and so in that story, uh, it was about the Empress had just been assassinated. And you play her uh, estranged lover, Corvo, who is trying to... He Corvo is on Gold? The no, not Corvo oh. Gold. He's on the run. Uh, he's being blamed for the murder, and uh, he is trying to protect uh, the Empress's daughter. So, that fun game. Uh, Dishonored 2 kind of takes up years later when a pretender to the throne comes in and stages a coup. And the, princess, or the, em- the new Empress, Emily, who's the daughter, uh, is dethroned, and she and Corvo are thrown to the winds. And you can play either as Corvo or Emily. I chose Emily for this round since I played Corvo before, and I kind of wanted to see how the game unravels. But it'd be interesting to see if it's two separate game experiences depending on who you play. I ho- I'm hoping that that's the case. I played uh, about two hours, and uh, it gets really hard fairly quickly with like stealth mode stuff where you're trying to get past a bunch of guards and... Uh, if you kill them, you're going to alarm everybody. So you want to do like kind of the silent takedown sort of thing. And there's silent but deadly. You have to sneak by these uh, hives of blood flies. You don't have enough incinerator arrows to torch them all. You don't quite have your magic powers yet. So there's there's a lot of challenge already in like the first couple of hours. But I'm really enjoying it. It's definitely a world that I'm glad to be sinking my teeth into once again. Right on. That sounds cool. That's that's definitely a Steve kind of game. Yeah, it is. I like a game where you can kind of explore, you know, spend time doing different things and following it your way. I tend to do these games very methodically, where as opposed to something that you kind of just blast your way through and leave all the Easter eggs unfound, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, I have to really, you know, restrain myself if I'm doing something like Doom. Like, all right, come on, go go find the Easter egg. And so I'll find <laughs> half of them because, frankly, I want to be shooting demons. Hey, did I tell uh, you I finally finished Doom? <laughs> you finally killed... How many hours did it take you to, to kill that final... I forgot to mention, I finally killed it. It was like two months ago, but I finally finished it. That was one of the most satisfying things of the year, <laughs> finishing that game. I was so glad when I finally did it. Beat that damn spider demon. Fantastic. <laughs> Just fantastic. I don't know if you remember this, but I... You, you never told me out loud, but you sent me a text. And it was like Sunday morning at like 9.30. And I just get this text from, from you going, guess who just beat the fucking spider god, drops controller, walks out. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I did see that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can just see you like alone in the dark in your house in your underwear. <laughs> five days of stubble and kill this spider get it no no my whole family was around when I did it they all they all heard me gloating oh okay <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yeah, yeah, that's a fun game. Again, if you haven't picked up, and probably my guess is that you can get the new Doom for cheap now. Totally oh, yeah. do it. Great game. I had so much fun. Such a fun that. game. Yeah. Are they going to do DLC for that? Are they going to throw more levels at us or something? You'd think they would. I don't know. Either that or there'll probably be a Doom 2 before too long. I'm sure that they'll continue. Because it's definitely a cliffhanger the way the story ends. So. Doom 2, 2. Because they did Doom 2 already, right? Just like they did Doom already. Yeah. But they also did Halloween and Halloween 2 already. And then they did it again. Yeah. Thanks, Rob Zombie. So. Yeah. Way to go. And they're doing Gilmore Girls again. So. I still don't care. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but <laughs> okay. Even... Fantastic. Right. That show is so hard to masturbate to. <laughs> do you got anything else? I got nothing else, really. All right. Well, why don't we, uh, should we listen to one more tune? Yeah, why not? This is going to take a double dip from 2013's first Arrow. This is the title cut from that release.
Jason Flake stuttered from Old Blood Noise Endeavors Atria Creative, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was First Arrow, taken from the double single of the same name. You can get it at wearegentleghost.bandcamp.com. And uh, I think that's about it for this episode. Thank you very much to Seth and Brady for joining us on the show. It was an extreme pleasure to speak with you both gentlemen. Uh, Of course, we want to thank all the early Kickstarter backers. It's really exciting. We're very excited to put on another show for you. And uh, you guys just need to make it happen. And we'll be there, definitely. Uh, We're already working on a musical guest. Our artist has already been selected. And he is already doing some cool stuff. I think we're going to blow some minds on this this My mind is t-shirt. blown just looking at the sketches he's thrown at yeah, us. Yeah, oh, I can't wait to introduce this. Hopefully, we're going to do this during the uh, Kickstarter campaign. So that's going to be damn exciting. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. You what think a- he'll have it done by then? Uh, well, we have something. Something to unveil. Well, have something, okay. Yeah, something to unveil. Just give you a little taste, man. Mm, just a taste. First taste is free. Exactly. After that, though. Anyway. Our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. Bonehand.com is also the home of the Heavy Half Hour. There are uh, 48-some episodes that are archived for your listening pleasure. And you can find my stuff such as it is at mightywombat.com. We have a Facebook page for this show. I've got a Facebook page for the Mighty wombat.com cartoon what can i say you're on we, twitter uh, we got a fake yeah we're, i'm on twitter whatever mighty underscore wombat if i check it once a month i think you know if i'm really really going hardcore on twitter i'm bonehand on twitter we also have a bonebat twitter feed where we post uh information about the film fest mostly and new episodes so uh keep an eye on that uh also, thank you very much for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Give us a review on Amazon. <laughs> on Amazon. Give us a review on iTunes. Come on, why not? <laughs> You're good for it. I know you yeah. got you've got at least thirty to forty words in there. Just you can even say talk about the like good. Show. Yes. Listen. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, thank you again for listening. You know, since it's almost Thanksgiving and that's the holiday where there's no such thing as too much, we're going to play two tunes in closing from Gentle Ghost. This is The Bear and Monarch Pass from 2010's Family, which you can buy one song at a time at wearegentleghost.bandcamp.com. I hope you dig it. Once again, my name is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
Whoa, I just realized when I printed this stuff, it's all fucking weird looking. I, I can't even read my own notes here. Weed, I legal in Ka, you just.